Good Sunday morning, everybody. Welcome on in. It's Fighters Fury here on 790 The Ticket. Tobin here with you. Next hour, we'll dive all over the world of mixed martial arts and boxing. Plenty to get into as we had a packed week here in the UFC world. Fight Island. Fight Island is real. And it continues. Uh, we had last night the UFC Flyweight Championship. Davidson Figueiredo got the win over Joseph Benavidez. He is now officially the 125 flyweight champion of the world after the first one had some weight cutting issues for sure uh dominant performance by davidson i mean he knocked joe down three times um put a couple of rear naked choke attempts before finally getting in on a third one to put it away um really great performance by him uh this is a couple fights now in a row where he's really dominated joe and uh, and shown to be the better fighter obviously he had to eradicate all the doubt with the uh, with beating the scale. He did that this time around, and now it seems like you do have a reigning flyweight champion of the world with uh, Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson gone, and with uh, with Henry Cejudo obviously off and uh, retiring, and of course giving up his his bantamweight belt as well. So uh, an interesting performance uh, as far as that was concerned. Co-main event, not really that interesting as well as Jack Hermanson got Kelvin Gastelum in a heel hook. Um, you know, it, it's an interesting part right now for Kelvin. And it's one of these things, too, where, you know, you had a uh, you had a situation with Kelvin where Kelvin's been in a lot of great fights. I mean, he's a really entertaining fighter and has been basically since his time of the in the ultimate fighter. But you're talking about a guy now who. You know, since he's come up to middleweight, he had all those issues of making weight at welterweight at 170. Um, you know, he really hasn't had a ton of success in, in that in the record. Uh, he's had some exciting fights, obviously, style bender, Jacare Souza, and, and all that type of stuff. But you know, the the record hasn't been fantastic with being in this middleweight division, but I think because he's always in exciting fights that you kind of excuse it for a little bit, but that was a tough one, man. That was a tough one to get caught in a, in a submission like that to the Joker who has put himself in a great position, especially with next week coming up with the, uh, with the winner of Darren Till and Robert Whitaker going down. It's uh, it put him in, in, in plenty of a good spot because, you know, he had the tough loss to, to kill a gorilla gear, Kenanier. But now he's in a spot where I do think he legitimately he like, you know, if he takes on the winner of Gelvin Gaslam versus Darren Till, um, he's going to be right in line for that middleweight title shot. The middleweight title shot, by the way, was announced this week. It is going to be uh, Stylebender, Israel Adesanya versus uh, Paulo Costa, Borahina. Uh They will be fighting each other. So middleweight's got himself a nice little picture right now and everything's put together pretty fine. But uh, but Jack Hermanson, who is the man who won the last fight that was down here in South Florida, he won the uh, he won the main event against Jacare Souza. Uh, that was quick work he made of Kelvin Gastelum. Now it did suck because it was one of those where I wasn't able to see the entire fight. I had to go back and watch it um, because ESPN Plus uh, crapped the bed, which wasn't fantastic. And I gotta say. Um, Man, these streaming platforms, they got to do better. They really, really do, uh, especially with the fact that this is one of those nights where I thought it was going to be on ESPN as well, but I guess they had some soccer on or something like that, which fine, you know, bully for them. But if you're going to put it on ESPN Plus and that's what it, um, 
you know, they've mostly been pretty error free. ESPN Plus has done a fantastic job doing their broadcasting, but they went full to zone tonight, and you never go full to zone. It was it was terrible. They uh they 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 blipped up right after the third fight. It was it was blipping up a lot during uh the the Jacasey fight, but it it was horrible trying to get into the Jack Hermanson versus Kelvin Gastelum fight. I was able to get it on my phone just as it was ending. Um, and then I had to go to my computer to go scroll it back and, and watch it, but was not able to watch it on my television. And I saw a lot of complaints about this over the internet as well. Uh, and that's disappointing, man. Like I, I got to say, you know, we for plenty of years were complaining about direct TV and not getting things right and not, being able to um, get a secured signal, but when when it's the stream right now and the years that we're at and and what we're we're paying for and especially this a la carte time of day, you know everybody likes to say, oh, you know, people aren't paying for, um, you know, they're paying for for what they want and that's more specialized. It's yeah, it was, more specialized is good, but more specialized would be nice if it oh if it would if it was always guaranteed and it is very much not in this new day and age. And that's very, very disappointing as a fight fan, because you know, we're the, we're, we're the Guinea pigs with all this. And it really pisses me off that we're in a day and age where I can't get a viable signal from anywhere. I mean, ESPN plus has been pretty flawless. So I guess I'll give you a foul tip and I'll let this one go. Um, but it was the fight I was looking forward to the most tonight between Kelvin and, and Joker. And the fact that, I had to go back and watch it on replay because it's not working on all platforms. That is wholly disappointing. Now, also, I'll give you a pass. You're not charging me f- three times the amount like uh, like the zone is. But, man, uh, I was holding them to a higher standard, and uh, it was disappointing to see the mouse go down like that tonight. So that was your, uh, you know, that was the, uh, the, the main deal as far as tonight's card was concerned. Um you know, you had uh, Ariana Lipsky get a big win over Luana Carolina with a with a knee bar. That was very much badass. Um, you know, the big question of this, I think, out of the main event was uh, with Joseph Benavides: Is this the end for him? I think very much it was admitted that this was probably the end for him. Um, I don't really know what's left for him. You know, they've given him a couple of uh, a, a couple of opportunities here. They even did right by him. In regards to him fighting Davidson and fighting for the flyweight title, even with Davidson being nearly three pounds over, they did right by him, giving him the rematch right away. Um, but yeah, it kind of, this does feel a little bit like this is the end of the road for him, which is disappointing. I mean, the guy's an absolute legend, but he got steamrolled, man. I mean, he got knocked down three times. Um, Got put in a couple submissions. First submission loss of his career, losing this way. So, you know, you don't really know where it goes for Davidson. I think it's good because I think it's it it is it's you know Joseph would have been the nice story, obviously, but who would have known how even long that title reign would have been? You know, he's thirty five years old. Is uh, a guy who maybe would have wanted to just put a cherry on top of the career and then moved on. Who knows? I think with Davidson, at least you you know. You do have a face of the flyweight division now, a guy who, yes, has had some trouble making weight, um, but at least is in the spot where he is a a, uh, a guy who can carry the torch for a little bit. What they do here now is an interesting one as far as the uh, as far as 
this division is concerned, you know, it's it's one that's definitely searching for identity, especially with, um, you know, their their champs leaving, one of them going off to another promotion, the other one, who is uh, off at uh, you know, often retired for right now and doesn't even seem like he has a future in it. So, you know, what happens right now? I don't know. You know, it, it it'll be interesting to see who kind of emerges for Davidson and 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 is the guy and. If he could be the guy that carries the division that's kind of been dead division walking for a long, long time. Um, but for my mind, uh, it was a great performance by him. That can't be taken away. I hope that even with the people uh, not having the same kind of care that they do for 125, that this is still one that people have a respect for this performance because it was absolutely, absolutely fantastic from him. He was absolutely great. Um and then as far as the, the co-main is concerned, you know, we'll we'll see. You know, this is uh this is definitely a crossroads for Kelvin. Uh will the question be should he cross down to 170? Uh do you think that he could could he actually give a, a guy like Kamara Usman uh, a run for his money? You know, it, it's interesting. I feel like he could. Um especially with his wrestling ability, but it's been such an issue for him in the past. You know, you think about um I'm looking at it right now. It's been twice that he's missed weight uh, in his career. Uh, one of them was against Tyron Woodley. But he made no bones about it. I mean, that's, this, this is something that was, uh, that was a definite issue for him. But he's got that great wrestling skill. You know, it's not, one, it's not a bread and butter that you see a lot, and he definitely got caught tonight. Um but the ultimate fighter winner, everybody feels like this is a guy who's got all the talent in the world. Um, but it kind of feels like his run at middleweight's over, doesn't it? As far as him doing some real damage, because, you know, he had the interim title fight against Israel Adesanya was absolutely amazing. Darren Till, he's lost to. Darren Till's probably in a number one contender fight next week. Uh, Jack Hermanson's the next guy up. He just lost to him. So if you're Kelvin, what do you do? You know, what is what is the real next step for him? And it feels like the real next step for him is that he goes and he probably cuts weight to, to 170. That feels like the sound thing to do if he's going to have a, a successful championship career. It just doesn't feel like that's going to be the case. Um, I don't know. You know, he's taken a lot of the old heads out. He's beaten Tim Kennedy. He beat Vitor Belfort. He beat Michael Bisbing, Jacare, but all these next era type of guys he hasn't been in the class with. Um, so I, I really think that's probably prudent for him to try and get down to 170. And I do feel like he's got some uh, matchup tools to do well there. But we know it's been an issue for him. So I don't know. We'll take a quick break here on 7 Night of the Ticket. Got some guests coming up here on the show today as well. We'll be back with more right after this. Welcome back, everybody. Fighters Fury here on 7 Night of the Ticket. Got a couple of guests coming up later on today. We're going to talk to South Florida's own Bad Blake Davis, uh, the South Florida boxer. He's going to join us, talk about his next big career move as he's got a new trainer. Uh, maybe you guys have heard of him, Sugar Hill Stewart. He uh, just trained uh, Tyson Fury to win the championship, heavyweight championship of the world. And now he's training on one of South Florida's own. We'll also hear from uh, Jesse Robinson, who is also a fantastic voice here in the boxing community. So that's coming up in about 15 minutes or so. But let's get to uh, some of the things that went down. We did mention a little bit last segment. Israel Adesanya is taking on Paulo Costa. That's going to be going down on September 19th. 
with the middleweight championship being on the line. Uh, that's a fantastic matchup. I can't wait to see that. I do think that Style Bender's got uh, a bit of showing up to do as far as being this, you know, people have dubbed Style Bender as like the next superstar in the making for the UFC. And you guys have heard me when I've talked about who are the most famous guys in the UFC, Connor, Habib, uh, Jorge Masvidal. Those are kind of like my top three right now. And I do think Style Bender can be in that conversation. I really, really do. Um, but it is a matter of, you know, he's the guy he's, he's got all these like crazy moves and he's almost like straight out of street fighter, but I do feel like it needs, a a little bit of showing, you know, his last fight against, uh, Yoel Romero was okay. I thought it was pretty competitive. It was very boring. Uh, it was the most, uh, memorable fight in the world. You know, his fight against Anderson Silva was nothing to write home about. Now, his two fights after before uh, after Anderson Silva, Kelvin Gastelum, that was an arguable fight of the year. Kelvin Gastelum, that was an arguable fight of the year. And his Robert Whitaker fight performance, uh, winning the belts, was absolutely masterful. It was really, really great. But, you know, look, this being the day and age that it is, everything's kind of built off of uh, what's here and now. And I do think that, this is one of those showings that he's going to have to have. Like if he goes and eradicates Paulo Costa very quickly, then people will be back into seeing him versus John Jones. And I do think that he's in a bit of a race because people are looking at style bender and wondering, okay, do I want to see John Jones fight style bender or do I want to see him fight Francis Ngannou? And right now I feel like the leader in the clubhouse is seeing John Jones fight Francis Ngannou. Uh, obviously, Neither one of those is happening right now because John Jones is off in this weird holdout. But for sure, the one that has the the better heat behind it, if you will, the true rivalry is him versus Stylebender. Um, and I do think that if if we have a great performance here by by Israel, like if he's able to go out there and and absolutely smoke Paulo Costa, I think that he could really stake his claim into getting people interested in him fighting John Jones. Um, if he doesn't, if it's one of those ones that's kind of lackluster, if it's a lot more like Yoel Romero or a lot like him versus uh, Anderson Silva, then I think people will be like, nah, nah, nah. The one I want to see is John Jones move up to heavyweight. The only guy I think that people really want to see John stick around in light heavyweight for is... Israel Adesanya I think that's the match of everybody wants to see and I know Dominic Reyes had a great performance against John Jones and it's very very arguable that he won that fight very very arguable don't get me wrong um but if you had a, if you if you asked you know average fight fan or or average sports fan what you would rather see I think most people would rather see Stylebender versus John Bones Jones I think that's that's the uh, the fight they would rather see but if he comes out here and he has you know, an okay performance. He has uh, a performance that wins, but isn't star making. Then I think we're in a situation where um, he doesn't have the fans quite behind him to fight one of the greatest of all time, if not the greatest of all time. And beating John Jones, I think still at this stage in his prime, you know, they're not that far apart in age. What are they? A couple of years you know, if Izzy's going to do some great things, you obviously want to get that goat shot. I think that is one of those where um, he could really cement his legacy and really, really do some big things. So this is a big fight against against Paulo Costa. Don't get me wrong. Uh, dude's a monster. He's got big-time striking. 
I do think that his performance against Yoel, and, and mind you, Yoel is one of my favorites, so I, I know I can be biased in this stuff. I do think that his performance against Yoel is a little bit overrated as far as I don't think he landed as many shots as the judges gave him credit for. I thought that Yoel lulled him in there with a lot of stop, uh, a lot of stuff. Now, I wish that Yoel was a little bit more uh, consistent with his fight performance and, and wasn't always going for those explosions. I think him... Uh, and Jorge Masvidal, both of those guys who you know we we hold near and dear to our heart. I think both of them can both fall into the trap of trying to explode too much to win rounds and, and maybe laying back a little bit. I do like fighters like that typically, uh, boxers like that too. I like Manny Pacquiao. Manny Pacquiao is famous for that. Um, but, you know, MMA, you get a lot of credit for ring control, dictating the pace, uh, taking guys down, all that type of stuff. So, this is, a, this is a fun fight. I'm very excited for it. As far as next week is concerned, Robert Whitaker versus Darren Till, um, you know, I, I do think that both of these guys are going to have uh, a crack at the welterweight title. I've always been a guy who's been a little bit skeptical of Darren Till. I think that um, I've said this before that I feel like they try, that, you know, he's kind of microwaved Conor McGregor. They really tried to press him on early as like, this guy's the next Mystic Mac. He's predicting his shots. And, you know, I, I just think that there's still a lot of work to do there. Obviously, uh, he was cutting a ton of weight to get to 170. He was a monster at 170. He had the big uh, flatline performance against Don Cerrone where he put it on him. But, you know, he also got whooped by, by Jorge Masvidal just absolutely stomped on and that does worry me a little bit here you know I know that he took Kelvin on and Kelvin can put some good shots on guys but he's not as versatile as a striker as as Robert Whitaker is um the only question that you have I honestly honestly if I were to have a big question with uh honestly if I were to have a big question here as far as this performance is concerned um I just the only thing I question with Whitaker is, you know, he's had some questions about, you know, his desire to be in the game anymore. Is he burnt out? All that type of stuff. That stuff, I think, is is legit concern. You never know what's going to actually show up in the octagon. Um, but for my mind, I don't think it's enough to deter me from picking him in this fight. I really think that the versatility that Whitaker brings... Uh, the, the experience for big fights that he needs, I think that he is going to be set for this fight. I think Darren Till's got some more proving to do. I'm still not sold on that yet. I really haven't been. Um, if he does come and win this fight, I think him versus, uh, you know, him getting the title shot for Izzy's huge. I think that people want to see him in that situation. People want to see uh, Darren Till, you know, whenever we're allowed to do it again, pack up Liverpool, pack that building. I do think that he's super popular. He's fantastic on social media. He's kind of the anti-Robert Whitaker in that regard. Um, you know, good in interviews, good on social media, knockout power, all that type of stuff, I think, uh, separates him um, as far as profile is concerned for Robert Whitaker. But, hey, man, like, I, I got to go with what I've seen, and and I do think that uh, there are still some concerns there with, uh, with Darren Till for sure. So I'm going to go with Robert Whitaker to win this fight. I think he's going to win it by decision. Um, I could see it like a like a a four one split 
as far as that's concerned. I just think he's better in that regard. But look, if it gets to the firestorm, certainly Darren Till can catch him with something. But I don't, I don't feel great about it. I really don't. So that's uh, that's my pick for next week in the in the main event. Look at the rest of this card. Let me see if I can get it for you guys. Uh, anything else of note that we gotta definitely touch on before we move on? You got Shogun versus Little Nog taking on each other. I'm gonna go with Shogun. He's been on a sneaky good run lately. Uh, this is reportedly Little Nog's last fight. Uh, Fabricio Verdun versus Alexander Gustafsson. This is interesting because it's Gustafsson's uh, debut at heavyweight. Um, he's had some talks of retirement. I do think that um, he's gonna get the he, he's gonna get the best of Verdun here. He's just such a fantastic striker. Um, is able is able to to really execute at a good level. And we'll see what comes of it. I think that uh, he'd be a fun guy to throw into that heavyweight title picture, especially um, if we are going to get you know the picture of John Jones in there late. Him versus Francis is a fun fight, kind of the technician versus the all power guy. So we'll see because heavyweight's going to be passed off to a new era, one way or another. And I do think that having Gustafsons there is uh, is a, is a great mix for sure. Um, as far as local is concerned, you know, Jorge Masvidal is making some of the media rounds this week. He, uh, he, he, he spoke with Ariel Hawani. He was on with Dan Levitard, all that type of stuff. And the thing that he wants is Kamara Usman. Uh, that's what he wants next. He, he wants next, even if, uh, you know, the Conor McGregor fight is, um, offered to him. I don't think that he's going to get the Conor fight. I don't, he's in, he's actually kind of in a, a hard place right now because Dana seems so gung ho on giving uh, Jorge the the you know giving Gilbert Burns the the rematch and it's unfortunate what happened to Gilbert. I get it. Um, I don't think that he should be disrespected. You know, some people were saying, "Oh, just dismiss him." Don't you know he's got to now fight Leon to earn a title. Shot. I don't think he has to. I think he he does deserve a title shot if he wants to sit on the sidelines and wait. Um, but I, I just think that with Jorge, you think about how – I think one thing that went for him this week, you know, the reports were that the business was 1.3 million pay-per-view guys. I can't stress how fantastic that is. One, you had a week to promote it, okay? And two, you talk about a guy who did a million-plus pay-per-views who's not named Conor McGregor. Uh, it's absolutely fantastic, especially a guy who's been around the sport as much as he has. And Dana White finally admitted this week, oh, he's a massive star. I think when you have that type of box office performance, um, there are some questions that have to be asked about whether or not you should just do that immediately next. The one problem, though, is what is the storyline? You know, is the only gripe that you're going to have is that he took it on short rest? You know, it, it, it's a question. It's a question. I think that for, for Jorge... I think it is good for him to get one more win next. Now, what is that? I think it's got to either go to Nate Diaz or Leon Edwards uh, if Gilbert is going to get get the next title shot. Um, I just think that it was too it was too lopsided a fight in this regard. It was just you just never felt like he had this grand moment to win, even if you had him win in the first round. It wasn't like he was ever close to fighting Kamara. Now, interestingly enough, Kamara did end up with a uh, a medical suspension that was triple the length of Jorge Masvidal's uh, for a broken nose, apparently. But even still, like we all saw the fight, we saw the uh, the control that Kamara was able to have. 
I don't think that uh, Jorge is yet at that point. You guys know I love the guy, so I'm not one of these. You know, you know I would pony up and tell you that I think he deserves the title fight if he deserves the title fight. If he does get the title fight, look, absolutely fantastic, great for him. But you know, Dan has been pretty clear cut that that Gilbert's going to get it next. Um, what should be next for Masvidal? I think that it's either got to be Nate or Leon Edwards. I don't think that he's going to be able to lure Connor. That would be the no-brainer, but I, 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 I've been very clear about this. I don't think that Connor fights Jorge, one for the risk because of the size, um, beating, losing to a guy with his type of record. I don't think he takes that fight unless there is the chance that he can extend his legacy, and what that is is beating a guy for a third belt. I don't think money motivates Conor McGregor the same way it probably used to. Um, he's been he's made so much money. I, I think that, yeah, he wants to do fights that are big business and fights that make sense, but I don't think that Masvidal makes sense unless he can win the championship. So I don't think that's going to happen. Um, it seems like Colby Covington is going to be fighting Tyron Woodley. Whenever the hell that is, that seems like the path they're going in, even though there's still some details to uh, cross with that fight. And then if you take those guys out, then what's left in the welterweight division? It's Nate and it's Leon. Uh, both are pretty good. I think it'll be interesting to see what is Jorge's draw. on. I think if it's Nate, I think that's a no-brainer blockbuster for the UFC. If it's Leon... You know, I think that could be a blockbuster hit too because of the three-piece in a soda go hitting him in the backstage and all that type of stuff. I still think that that could be a monster, monster fight. Look, $1.3 million, 1.3 pay-per-view buys with the for the welterweight championship with Kamaru Usman uh, versus Kobe wasn't a fantastic draw. I mean, look, that just speaks to it. Did almost a million more pay-per-view buys, even if it's in the pandemic and there's nothing to watch. You got to give it up to Masvidal. I mean, he was uh, he was an absolute stud in that regard. So it'll be interesting to see when we come back. Talk about a guy who is a good local draw as well. Bad Blake Davis, local boxer. He is uh, making a big career move. We like talking to this guy. Good personality. So we'll uh, we'll catch up with him a little bit next. Welcome back, everybody. It is Fighters Fury here on Seven Eye of the Ticket. Got a guest coming up here, Bad Blake Davis. This guy is a great boxer, also a great mind for the business of boxing. He did a great job earlier in the year. His uh, Bad Promotions event that went down at the Gulfstream was a huge hit. Um, he's been a big draw in South Florida as well, and he's making a big career move. So we're going to do a couple conversations here. You'll hear from Bad Blake Davis. You'll hear from his uh, manager and box boxing confidant, Jesse Robinson, who's always great to talk to, and, of course, his new trainer, Sugar Hill Stewart, who is recently known for training Tyson Fury in the victory over Deontay Wilder to win the undisputed heavyweight champ. I guess I got to not undisputed the unified heavyweight championship of the world where um, Tyson stopped uh, Deontay Wilder and Deontay Wilder blamed it on a costume. So we'll talk to those three gentlemen coming up here and I hope you guys enjoy it. Coming to you from Warriors Boxing Gym. Very excited to talk to one of South Florida's own Bad Blake Davis. Thanks for the time, man. Really appreciate it. Good to catch up again. Yeah, definitely. Thank you. Um, this is, I'm sure, talking to fighters before, this is a crazy time for you guys because you guys are characters of routine. You usually have things laid out, and you're at a time right now where pandemic messes things up. I know you guys are supposed to have a show down here in South Florida this month, upcoming, and that got scrapped. So 
I guess mentally, how tough has all this been for you, knowing that you've had a couple of shows scrapped that you uh, you plan out? People love coming out to see you in South Florida, and then uh, you know the conditions of the country and the world being what they are. You know, they're kind of up in smoke. Um, well, you know, the shows is one thing, but me as a fighter is a completely another thing. Um, hasn't really affected me. I'm still in the gym. I'm improving. I've uh, been sparring a lot. I switched trainers. You know, it's a great move. Probably the biggest move I've made yet. Um, so it really hasn't affected me, man. You know, I'm still focused and getting better, and that's what matters. So, What do you think, uh, what, what do you want to do next as far as, as this concerned? Because I know, like, you've had a couple of, uh, of dates that have kind of come up, and you're a unique individual in that you don't, you're not only focused on your fighting, but you're very, you have a big hand in planning the events. I know that you always have a big picture and a big mind for putting on events in South Florida. Um, but you, you, like you said, you're very focused on the boxing. Is there part of you that wants to just get back into the ring and, and, and get uh, get some rounds under your belt? Well, yeah, obviously, you know, I started my own promotions. We had our first show in January. It was a great show, probably one of the best shows in Florida, you know, completely sold out. Um, we tried to put on two shows since. The latest one was going to be July 25th in a couple of days. But, um, you know, COVID cases rising again, you know, nothing we can do about it. It's out of our control. Um, so my next plan is, you know, I'm still in the gym, I'm still training, I'm ready to go. So, you know, maybe just take a fight somewhere else, you know, outside of my own promotions, just to stay busy as a fighter and keep improving. You know, I'm putting a lot of work, I'm sparring a lot. So for me to not fight and not shine a little bit, you know, it don't make no sense. So I'm going to be looking to take a fight somewhere. Tell me about uh, your switch with uh, your trainer. Are you very excited about this? Move yeah, very excited. Um, well, obviously I switched trainers, you know, I now train with uh, Sugar Hill. Um, and I'm just learning like very deeply and detailed into the boxing, you know, balance, everything. Um, and I'm improving very fast. You know, he's been putting me in there. He's been pushing me, but he's been looking out for me too. Um, so, you know, I just appreciate the position I'm in and the opportunity I've been given. And uh, it's just, um, you know, I think it's really going to benefit me. And I think a lot of my fights are not going to go to the decision no more, you know. Uh, what's something early on that you just like like about the link up? Like what, what's uh, just a little thing that maybe just clicked that you hadn't heard? Um, just the balance. You know, I'm I'm learning when to punch. You know, he's very detailed. Um, he's a perfectionist, um, and he's very focused on me too. So I definitely appreciate that. I'm very lucky to be in the position I'm in. Um. And I mean, we've just been putting in a lot of work and, you know, he's in here, he's taking videos, he's sending me videos all the time. He's very focused on me. Um, and we've seen a huge improvement just in my stance, the way I'm moving, everything. I'm learning, you know, a lot about boxing now, things I've never been taught before, you know. So it's, um, you can definitely see a difference already and it's been two weeks. Uh, as far as like, you know, it's, I know it's hard to foresee these types of things of what, you know, the next the next play would be but like, do you, in your mind, like, what did you want this year to go into with uh, with how you were, you were building momentum and the sold out show and all that type yeah. of stuff? And I guess I don't want to use the word salvage because you're obviously getting a lot of hard work in, but what do you, you know, thinking on the fly, ideally, what would you like to get out of this year? Uh, with out of this year? I mean, I just want to keep improving. That's the main thing. You know, the promotions is one thing, you know, but, you know, my main goal is to be a world champion. So as long as I'm improving, it don't matter what's going on, you know, because if I'm getting better, I'm getting better, and it's going, you know, it's not going to affect what happens in the future, you know. Obviously, we have this whole pandemic going on, which completely sucks, and, you know, it's um, definitely affected a lot of people, but... 
you know, for my promotions, it's definitely been damaging, but not really because everyone knows the shows I put on and what I'm doing, you know, it's out of my control. So people got to understand if they don't, then, you know, can't do nothing about it anyways. So you were going to you're going to have mixed martial arts on this latest card. Uh, you're going to add that wrinkle to it. Why? Why? you know that we don't normally see that blend. And I would like to see stuff. Like this. Yeah, yeah, no, sports. it's pretty cool to see somebody get cool. body slammed in a boxing ring, you know. Um, well, you know, I'm just you know, I'm, I'm very strategic with everything I do. Um, you know, obviously the first show sold out and I wanted to guarantee another sellout. And my boy, Ryan Coos, um, you know, he's a decorated amateur. He was on the USA team as MMA amateur. And, you know, he feels comfortable turning pro under me and I'm looking to build him up. And he sells a lot of tickets. So between me and him and that 50% capacity, we should have no problem selling that place out. Um, it's been twice now that, you know, we were supposed to have a show and it hasn't happened. But... You know, that's pretty much just how it turned out. I'm just looking to sell the places out and put on a great show. And, you know, Ryan, you know, he sells tickets and I support him and I'd like to build him up. And that's just how it happened. When uh, you say you, uh, you wanted to, you know, start finishing fights, not having things go the distance, is there, you know, is there a way you think that you can execute things without having to force them? Like uh, when you, when uh, you of go Of course, somewhere? yeah. Um, well, you know, just with pace, honestly, you know. Pace is the main thing. I'm learning a much, much faster pace and, you know, just constant pressure, you know, in and out. And, you know, now I'm learning when to punch. You know, people, you know, they punch, you know, and they like to take a little break for a split second, you know, and you're just learning to jump on them, learning when to punch, things like that. So um, it's just, honestly, it's the pace, man, you know, and I don't think if I keep this up, I don't think people are going to be able to survive, you know. And now I'm learning how to step it up, you know, and so... That right hand lands, it's a wrap, man, you know. There ain't no coming back from that, so. Uh, is there any final words you want for your, uh, your, your, your many fans here in South Florida? Uh, a lot of people follow you. You're a guy who packs buildings and has a big following, so uh, what do you want to say to the local crew? Uh, just be patient, you know. We can't control what's going on with the whole coronavirus, so just be patient, and, you know, hopefully I'll be making a fight soon and be able to watch something on pay-per-view, you know, but... Nothing I can do about it, you know, so we just got to see what happens. Appreciate the time, Blake. Appreciate it, man. Thank you. All right. That was our talk with Bad Blake Davis. Let's hear with his uh, manager, promoter, Jesse Robinson, who is uh, doing all things guiding his career. What, how did the connection happen with, uh, with Sugar Hill coming in and, tra and training? Him? Well, uh, that's something to do with Blake had a relationship with some other people, and he had talked to, uh, I think, Sugar and got in a relationship and created something there. And I, I supported it because, you know, he need that because, you know, I'm from Detroit too and Sugar, he's from Detroit. And I know the knowledge is there because all, some of the greats came from Detroit. And uh, looking forward to bring the same thing to Florida. What is, uh, what is that, that, that special thing about Detroit? Like why, what, what do you think it is, man? Well, it goes back to Joe Lewis and, and a lot of other guys, you know. Uh, it's the history uh, of boxing. Joe Lewis was trained by Blackburn. And then uh, Manuel Stewart came in, and he was a genius. Eddie Fudge was there. He was a genius. Now Sugar is coming down through the pipe, and he getting to be a genius. <laughs> We're giving him the, you know, he's, he's really showing the people what he know. And the education is coming out because if you teach a guy a certain way, most of the guys can't deal with that, that knowledge, the wisdom of the ring. Most guys just fight. And some guys just know how to do one thing, go straight ahead. But when you teach them the knowledge of boxing, being a technician, Floyd Mayweather, his, his father and 
his uncle all come from Michigan too. So the history is there. I'm not saying other places don't have education of boxing. I'm just saying that some of the greats came out of Michigan and Detroit. Uh, as far as Blake's concerned, you guys obviously came into the year with big plans and COVID being it is what it is uh, with messing up everything, yeah. you know, and plans and whatnot. Um, you know, with any of the fighters that you're around and, and, and Blake, like, how, what, you know, what do you think as far as just, you know, keeping – busy, you know, trying to sharpen skills, stay patient, because there's a lot of mental hurdles I'm sure that they have to deal with. I'm working on some uh, uh, places that we can host the shows. Down here? If, if it's possible. We might have to go other places, but right now uh, we have to establish shows to keep the fighters busy. Uh, I spent uh, six years in Dubai, and uh, they just did a U UFC show in yes. Dubai. Uh, I don't think uh, over there things is open. So you have to move around and, and, and be ahead of the, the, the game. If you don't stay ahead of the game, you, you get caught up and you fall behind. Uh, Bob Aaron is doing a great job out there with his shows. You know, maybe there's not an audience, but guess what? He promoting through TV. So we have to establish television and keep shows going. Is there, a, is there a particular idea you like down here that you think uh, would, would, would work or would manifest itself that, that, that uh, is feasible? We're working on the uh, potential, but, you know, uh, we're looking at the uh, which, which way to go because a lot of things they're saying they have in a few shows outside, and I'm just looking at the opportunity of doing something maybe uh, in the next few months. But, you know, we you got to get the numbers down because we don't yeah. know what this situation here is going to be, you know. 100%. Jess Roberts, it's always a pleasure, man. Thank well, you so thank much you for so the time. Thank you so much, And uh, always generous with it. Thank you so much. Appreciate I always you. feel like we learned something talking to you, man. Appreciate you. Thank you. And finally got a chance with the guy who just trained the heavyweight championship of the world, Sugar Hill Stewart from the Kronk Gym. Uh, got a chance to talk with him and get his thoughts on why he's training Blake Davis and get inside the mind of a championship trainer. Can you uh, tell me a little bit about how the link up uh, with Blake Davis happened uh, coming down here from South Florida? Uh, what did, uh, how did that partnership uh, come between you guys? Um, I have a, well, we have a mutual friend. His name is Jamil McCline. And uh, Jamil McCline was talking about Blake and, uh, you know, the skills that he has and, and, and his uh, promotions and, uh, you know, his, his drive for boxing. And that interests me. And uh, I came down here to meet Blake uh, to see what, see what everything's about. And um, so far since I've been down here in Florida, I've been uh, pleased with, uh, you know, everything that I've seen. What have, uh, what have been the first impressions? What jumped out at you? Uh, the first, first impression is that he's a tall, slim fighter. So um, being from the Crump Gym, that's one of our specialties. <laughs> You, uh, I mean, everybody knows the, the fantastic you know you just had with uh, with Tyson Fury and, and bringing a plan. So when you have a new fighter, what, what's your process as far as getting to know them? What you want to pick apart and I guess get the best out of them? Uh, the, the process that I have is something that was taught to me by Emmanuel, and it's just uh, like you, you pretty much said it. It's, it's a, it has to be a relationship. Uh, you need to know your fighter. Uh, know how you think, but that, that just all comes with conversation and, and uh, spending time together. So uh, with the fighters, we spend a lot of time together and, uh, you know, that helps build that relationship and also helps to, um, you know, put a bridge to some of these gaps that we have 
and, and training and knowing each other. So the fighter has to trust me, and I have to be able to trust what the fighter can do. What's uh, what's your favorite part about those connections as a coach with uh, with just getting to um, know guys and, and, and seeing like uh, you, you pick something out early and, and maybe something clicks with them uh, as far as the relationship's concerned? Uh, my favorite part is just teaching. I just enjoy teaching. Never thought I'd be a teacher. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I enjoy teaching and, and watching watching people learn what I've taught them and just to use it and to be happy uh, using it. Um, as far as uh, as far as it's been a stranger in boxing, obviously it's been stranger everywhere with everything. Um, what do you think is the best, I guess, way to go about this year with so much uncertainty, keeping guys sharp in the gym, and and I guess finding places to keep them active? What do you think is in your mind, like best ideas or best things you've heard of to try and make that happen? Uh, no, well, I haven't really heard any ideas on how to keep people sharp and things like that. But it has to be within, within that person to stay sharp and to be disciplined on, be disciplined by himself. Uh, I guess with this the, this coronavirus and everything going on now, this really tests people to see how strong they are. And if they're not strong, it, it kind of pushes them in a direction, hopefully that makes them want it even more because now they have to do things on their own. There aren't any gyms open. Uh, there aren't any, you know, there aren't any boxing shows really and uh, things like that. And that's pretty much in the, in all of the sports, uh, in the sports field. And that's who's suffering pretty much uh, a lot now with the coronavirus is the, the people in the sport industry. Uh, those, those people who are on teams and uh, who compete professionally or not professionally, but they have to compete and they have to train. Uh, facilities are not open, uh, you know, it's, it's for safety reasons, and uh, we have to uh, understand and respect that and to do other things different. So if you have to go out and be on your own and train and work out and stay focused and watch what you eat, then that's what you better do. Uh, before we get out here, like when uh, after the Tyson Fury win and everybody's impressed with the style, you know, coming through, did you have like a lot of people knocking at your door like, oh, tell me the, you know, tell me the, the, the secret sauce of seeing that and do you have to be diligent on like, you know, who you do want to pick after a big high profile win like that? Well, you know, uh, after the Tyson Fury fight, I guess I can say that more people were uh, making contact with me, but it's, it's nothing different to me. I've always uh, wanted to help people and I, I don't really, I don't really say I pick and choose because with picking and choosing, you really don't know who's going to be who and who's going to do what. So for me, it's just almost fair enough for me to give everybody, you know, give people a chance. I've been given chances in my life. So for me, giving back and giving chances is just as equal to, you know, for me being who I am right now today. We well, appreciate the time. Thanks so much. All right. Thank you very much. That's our show for this week, guys. Appreciate those guys joining our show. I uh, hope you guys uh, enjoyed it. If you missed any of the show, download the podcast, subscribe to us, Tobin Show on YouTube. Uh, you know, subscribe to us, sign up for notifications, like the videos. Would appreciate all that. We will talk to you guys next week. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.